Welcome to the last Wednesday of the week, the multi-tool of sports podcasts, where we bring you highlights of the week just gone, we get into some bigger topics, and we look ahead what's happening in the world of sport. Except for this week, we have a one-track mind. Simon tries it every week, Ben gets followed along as like a bit of a sheep and easily swayed, Um, but this week Simon gets his way and we have a one-track mind. We are all about football and one league in particular, some would say the greatest league in the world, the English Premier League. It finally finished. Apparently it finishes. I found that out this weekend. I learned that football finishes at some point. Uh, So we are going to talk nothing but EPL and a little bit of um, fantasy Premier League as well for you to round off the season of English football. And uh, what a weekend it was for both Simon and Ben. Both teams had massive uh, sway and things to lose and gain from the weekend. And we're going to get into all the movers, the shakers, the things at the top of the table, the bottom of the table, and uh, some highlights uh, across the season. Uh, Ben, Simon, you're both back. Welcome back, gents. We're all together. The gang's back together. So as far as I'm aware... um... I apparently try it on every week to eradicate other sports from the podcast, and Ben is just <laughs> is just a mere sheep, a follower, a a lackey, as it were. It's true because Ben Ben comes along with a bit of tennis, and every now and then, and then he goes, "Oh, but Liverpool." Well, we're talking about football, but now's your night. Now's your night, Simon. Go free, <laughs> run free. It's like we're taking to it. We, you know, when you have a dog that if you let it off the lead, it runs away, so it has to be on a lead all the time. But then you go to like a dog park where it's secure and you can let it off. This is like the Simon version of the doggy park. I can let you off your leash. Dan, is this you trying to say that you'd like to see me bound? You know, is this is this is this the lead up to a BDSM conversation? I really don't want to be a part. No, of. no, no. I said fantasy Premier League, Simon. Oh, okay. Sorry, uh, my mistake. Am I on the wrong thought, podcast? You are on was, uh, the wrong plugging, podcast. We could probably plugging. make a lot more money from that podcast. To be fair, <laughs> I think we're in the. I think we need to switch quickly. To be honest. All right, um, Ben, welcome back. You weren't with us last week. Uh, Sam and I had to hold the fort. Um, how are you? Are you ready? Yeah, ready to know, hit listen, the road running? Again? I. It sounds like your jokes are a little bit more polished now. You've had a week or two weeks. Um, you you know, starting well, starting the podcast well. I feel a little bit rusty, so it's good that we're talking about something I watch week in, week out. I know a little bit about, regardless of my bias, and I can't wait to get talking. We should just talk about the elephant in the room. Those eagle-eared amongst you will know we're publishing at the wrong time of day. <gasps> For that, we are sorry. Ben had scheduling issues or shipping issues, literally shipping issues, um, and his uh, flight, quote, uh, got cancelled, so he had to come back today. But anyway, we're not recording on our usual evening. We're recording on the end of the Wednesday, so it's the last Wednesday-ish of the week podcast. And Dan, um, here we are. this is the first actual last Wednesday of the week podcast recording in the history of the last Wednesday of <laughs> the week. It's recorded on a Wednesday. Right? No, it's not. Is it not? Okay. No, the no, um, shutdown coverage uh, last Wednesday of the week cross pod was recorded oh, on a Wednesday. Look at this. Simon Almanac 1955 <laughs> uh, rolling in. Yeah. Uh, I hope I got that year wrong for all the Back to the Future aficionados. Um, I would just apologize for my delay and delaying the podcast. I was working very hard to get the Mbappe deal over the line. <laughs> 
listen, I was over in France. I was I was uh, talking, doing. I was there while he was signing. I didn't get a cut of his 100 million euro signing fee for the club he already plays for. Sadly, um, maybe next time, Sai. So this is this is something that I mean I was. I almost forgot to mention, and you've you've reminded me completely. Um, so when we started this podcast off, I mean, brave words were uttered uh, that Mbappe was possibly going to be coming to Liverpool at some point. Um, well, <laughs> not for the next three years, me old fella. No, and what was lovely though is it came out. He said, "Yes, we had discussions." And Klopp said, yeah, we absolutely spoke to Mbappe and they were very quick discussions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, we said, we want you. And he said, I want a big bank balance. And we said, OK, we don't want you. And that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> All right, let's end that conversation. Let's move on to the uh, the Premier League with the people that are actually playing in it. Um, ben, talk to us about the final day, because Simon and I talked a bit about this last week. Um, and it was all set up to be Villa's making. They were king makers for the day, it seemed. Uh, ben, your perspective as the Liverpool fan, or one of a few, um, what happened on that final day? Yeah, uh, I mean, incredible. Um, obviously, the Premier League's come to a finish again for another season. Like you said, it was a good one. It was a really good one. Uh, it's, an always, it's always kind of an odd feeling in May. Uh, you spent the last nine months following your team, ups and downs and it comes kind of abruptly to an end but thankfully we had drama with it um there was a statue erected outside etihad uh, this year actually not too long ago sergio aguero the man himself he scored a truly insane injury time winner to snatch literally snatch the title in the last second uh the commentary is unbelievable we all know it um and since then we've had some crackers that was back in 2012 Alex Ferguson's last title, 2013. Mourinho's return to Chelsea. Following that, we had Leicester City, the underdog title of the generation. Uh, and then we've obviously seen now the Pep Guardiola dominance. Um, but it was brilliant. Listen, it was played out to the end. What happened? Manchester City won the title again. Pep's fourth in five seasons. Uh by God, were they made to work by Simon's very own beloved Villa. Uh, Aston Villa were 2-0 up in the Etihad. I could not believe what I was I was listening to, actually, because I was in France. I was listening to the uh, the Liverpool coverage, and they were the, 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 the cheering in, in Anfield. We were like, what is 2-0? What Matty Cash? This Coutinho scored. Like, what is what world are we in? Like, the, the newspapers were writing themselves. Felipe Coutinho and Steven Gerrard hand Liverpool the title. We were drawing one one all at home to Wolves at the time, but you know, pushing for that winner. We did our job. We eventually scored a couple of goals. We got the ball through the line. But Manchester City they scored three goals in five minutes mm. uh, to change the course of history and wrap the title up. And uh, congratulations, Manchester City, uh, Dan. Sam, I, did, what did you talk about last week? When, when we, you know, I mean, how crazy was this? We, we talked about a number of things, uh, and you summarised most of it, I guess, in terms of what we talked about the uh, what Villa had to Villa's role in in the Liverpool Man City battle. Um, but I just, I just wanted to add here that um, the the last fifteen minutes of that Liverpool game was the first 15 minutes I've watched of the Premier League this year. 
Wow, I, I saw this that. happening and I tuned in. I, I just had to watch. I had to watch what Liverpool were doing. I was probably watching the wrong game because what was happening over at City was quite remarkable. But um, nonetheless, um, I felt tense, genuinely. Uh, whether that's this rooted Liverpool fan coming back out from the depths of my brain somewhere, but I, I don't know. But I genuinely felt like quite tense watching it. Um, it was weird. It was weird things. It's I never, drama. Yeah. It's drama. Maybe it's not weird. It it's drama. You you pay to go to the cinemas to watch this. You know, it is drama. Um, as simple as that. Sport's absolutely fantastic. Um, as a Villa fan, Cy, mm. I mean, yeah, listen, overall, surely you've got to be, be happy with the direction you finish the season. Yeah. You know, we, we saw loads of these memes saying Steven Gerrard slips again. Well, Steven Gerrard didn't slip. He's, he's managing Aston Villa and they've already gone into the market. Um, looking like it's going to be a strong next season. I think they finished the season on a high, just came up against arguably the best team in the world. I mean, we, you, you obviously probably under the influence of a, of a tiny bit of, uh, of Rosé and um, sheer disappointment, I use the words Villa bottled it, which is probably about <laughs> right. I mean, we, we conceded three goals in about five minutes. So, um, to kind of flesh out what I was doing. So actually, bizarre as it sounds, I was actually at Dan's house for a large portion of the Aston Villa-Man City game. So Dan very kindly let me watch the game on his tablet while I... Well, the, the Spanish Grand Prix my, timed. Yeah. It finished yeah. just in time. <laughs> there you go. It worked. It just seamlessly went hand in hand. Uh, and I then foisted my son onto Dan uh, to, to entertain for the foreseeable future while I uh, I watched the game. So yeah, um I actually ironically left Dan's. It was 2 0 to Villa. Um, and then we conceded almost immediately. And I, as soon as we conceded, I knew that, you know, that tide had turned and the boys' heads went down. And, and ultimately, we, we couldn't hold on. But I mean, and we're going to talk about this a bit later, but going on to a generalized point, because I don't want to talk about Villa. Yes, I think they've made some good signings. Am I convinced with Steven Gerrard as manager? No, not at all. We finished 14th. Uh, which is not good enough for a team of our quality and our and our stature, really. Um, but so yeah, does that mean just, Stevie G is going to get fired? No, no. I, I no. they're really giving him a lot of stuff. I mean, they've already bought in Bubakar Kamara, the um, defensive midfielder from Marseille, on a free, which is going to turn out to probably an absolute steal. Um, obviously, we also bought in Coutinho for seventeen million. So, I mean, he's. I mean, he's been backed, but we haven't really spent that much money yet. I think we're actually linked with also with James Tarkovsky as well, uh, who would be a decent player. Whether I think he's better than what we've got, I don't think he's better than Konsa necessarily. But I mean, he's I a think very, he's very better than player. both. I think I think James Tarkovsky mm. is criminally underrated. I rate doesn't, him hugely. Doesn't have the ball skills. Doesn't have the uh, ball skills. Listen, I, um, I know he comes from that Burnley defence. It's mm. a bit different to the way Villa play. Uh, Villa play, but if you put Bubakar Kamara, who is who's been courted by a lot of clubs in the last twelve months, mm-hmm. big clubs, Manchester United, Chelsea, big clubs, uh, and if you Villa have got him, if they add more defensive cover behind him, I just I, I, I'm genuinely convinced that Aston Villa will be pushing, challenging for that top six uh, next season. But uh, either way, I mean, remarkably exciting, Aston Villa. 
yeah, yeah. Obviously, it came down in terms of the conversation because of Steven Gerrard and Liverpool and that kind of thing. Uh, but at the end of the day, City was still too good over a season, sir. So. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. Ben had to admirably fill in then because I just realised I hadn't plugged my laptop in and was about to run out of power. So uh, thank Lucky. you, Ben, for amazing ability to fill time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I was just kind of going on before I got kind of sidetracked with the whole Villa situation. Yes, I mean... We, we, later on, we're probably going to talk about what we scored the season as. But, I mean, how often have we ever had a season that has had both the championship, so the title, and relegation, the final relegation spot being decided on the last day? It doesn't happen very often. No. I mean, yes, you tend to have one or the other. Obviously, they had the Aguero situation uh, all those years ago. You also had, you know, relegation battles where maybe two or three people could have gone down. Obviously, the, the time that Villa nearly went down, um, in their first season back up, would have been 2020. Um, then, you know, that was very, uh, you know, touch and go. But yeah, this felt like it had everything, didn't it? Really, you had the, this final dra- dramatic day where everything was at stake. And obviously, yes, yeah, City going 2-0 down to Aston Villa just added to the absolute drama of the situation. Um, but yeah, it, it was just it was just a really good day. And, and obviously, I mean, I know Villa lost, but I mean, we went into the day thinking we were probably going to lose anyway. So for me, it was just small comfort that your team lost and then I can remind you of it this week. So this yeah. is, slightly bothers me. Is You're actually quite happy that your team lost. Well, I'm not at all. But at the same point, it's a situation where I, you know, I expected us to lose. Um, we did well for 70 minutes. We brought on Marvellous and Akamba and then conceded three goals. So... Um, it didn't end up going very well after that. So not um, so marvelous. No, unfortunately, I love Marv as well, but I don't think he's yeah, been at the races player. since he's come back. So, um, and obviously he's going to get now get replaced by Bubakar Kamara. Um, so yeah, so it's a it's an awkward situation. But um, I mean, you as a Liverpool fan, you, you kept up to the end of the season, um, and, and you nearly you nearly got you nearly got it, didn't you? But obviously, you fell at the last hurdle. Yeah, to echo what you said and to back it up, there were some amazing figures going around before the day, before the day's games. Uh, one of them showed that if Manchester, Manchester City lose 6-0 to Aston Villa and Liverpool draw 5-all, then it'll go to a playoff <laughs> match. Similarly, though, at the bottom of the league, if Leeds lost 1-0 to Brentford and Burnley lost 28-7 to Newcastle, <laughs> then there would have been a playoff for who stays in the Premier League. Now, obviously, you know... Um, Burnley were never going to lose 28-7. I don't think Newcastle mm. uh, scored 28 goals in, in the last half of the season, let alone uh, in one game. But it just shows how close it was within those single points um, and drama both at the top. And there was also a top four battle that was kind of won emphatically in the end as well. A quick mention on Liverpool. Manchester City obviously deserved the title. Liverpool got over 90 points again. That's the third time in four seasons, only one title to show for it. Uh, but they have two trophies in the bag and they go to Paris on Saturday and, you know, with a genuine chance to take a seventh Champions League trophy. Going to be a really difficult game against the kings of the Champions League. Uh, and I can see it being really tight, maybe an extra time mm-hmm. penalties kind of game. But tr- seriously, I think it's a remarkable season. Whether we win or not, we are, of course, bitterly disappointed that we lost uh, so narrowly. Yeah, um, kind of going off, because we, we, you brought up the Champions League there, um, and I think we might as well talk about it a bit now, because it kind of ties in quite nicely with yeah. with everything. You know, Liverpool were on for the quadruple until Sunday. Um, so, 
what's are you worried about about the weekend do you I mean something I've noticed about Liverpool in recent games and happened at the weekend is that they tend to they tend to concede first and what I mean by that is obviously they did it in the Villa game I think they did it in the game after that they did it against Wolves is there a worry that maybe I don't know if it's concentration whether it's fatigue whether it's a bit of everything um you know can you get away with it against uh, what is a very very good Real Madrid team uh, I don't think we could. I think you're absolutely right. I think it would really put us under the cosh because Madrid uh, can hold on to one 1-0 result. They're a battling side. Mm. Well, I think a lot come down to a few injuries at the end of the season. Uh, the Van Dijk injury um, has not helped us at all. Fabinho injury has not helped us at all. Mm. Salah injury and now Thiago injury. You're talking about four of our best players, mm. four of the best players in the league in reality. Um, all expected fit uh, possibly Thiago may be starting from the bench. We don't know yet where he's at. He's light training today, um, but we, we've missed it. We started the last game of the season with uh, Van Dijk and Salah on the bench. Hmm. You know, that, that is that is where these players are. And it's also in Klopp's psyche to, listen, City aren't going to lose home against Villa. Hmm. We're not going to win the Premier League because City will win when they need to. You know, the players they have able to bring a Gundogan on for Bernardo Silva and change the course of a game. Change the game. You know, absolutely wonderful. Um, but it is what it is. It's not one game. It's never decided on one game. It's a 38-game season. Mm. At Manchester City were narrowly better. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, and, and kind of going off as well. I'm sorry, Dan, I know you want to step in and, and usher us along a little bit. <laughs> um, but... Um, I think that was kind of the way that played out with, as you mentioned, the fourth place battle as well. I mean, Arsenal slipped up several times to give Tottenham the the edge and Tottenham were never going to lose against Norwich. Norwich are a... No. They're a battling side, but they're a side devoid of, of top, you know, top flight quality. Um, so that wasn't quite the chase that the other games were, I'm afraid. Yeah, and we will talk about that top four battle because it was there. And this is the whole idea of that last day, the fact that there was a North London battle for the top four. Uh, Spurs, there's been a fairly obvious change in mentality under Conte. I would not count them out for another top four finish next season. I really wouldn't. I think they're a good, good team under Conte. And I think Sun and Kane are lethal mm. Goal scorers, uh, absolutely fantastic. Obviously, Sun finished on 23 goals. Mo finished on 23 goals. But yeah, Hyungmin Sun did that without any penalties. So for me, probably the better striker of the season. Um, so well done to them both, of course. Yeah. All right, let's move around the table a little bit. And um, I want to, just before we head into our overall views of the season, um, I'd like you gents both to discuss, because we've discussed it independently we mentioned it last week, we mentioned it at the top of the season. Brighton seemed to do all right. Better than expected. Yeah, I'll go. Shake, shaky, shaky middle part of the season. Uh, there was a real difficult turn shaky. from Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think it was, you know, sort of seven games without a win. There was real problems. Uh, but they dug in and they finished the season strongly. You know, yeah. with wins against Manchester United, whether that's saying much, I don't know. But 
They've looked good. Not according to the BBC uh, rookie. (laughs) I know, absolutely fantastic. Man United are rubbish. What balls it has for... uh, Oh, that was apparently a pure accidental. They were just training themselves on the ticket. Yeah, accidental. (laughs) They're still writing Manchester United are rubbish in their practice run. Uh, Whoever it was, um, they are uh, good fun. Well done to them. Uh, They are reporting the news, by the way, just to say. I mean, they haven't said anything that's not true. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was very factual. Manchester Mm. United lost on the last day of the season. That was their sixth straight away loss. Bearing in mind that Solskjaer had broken European records for consistent uh, unbeaten away games. Uh, anyway, Ten Hag coming in, another story. There are so right, many let's narratives. Move, let's move back to Brighton because, yeah, at the beginning of the season, you both said if they finish top 10, that's a remarkable achievement. Yeah. Finish P9. Uh, I mean, yeah, well done. To oh, Brighton. my God. That's a, that's an F1 turn right there. P9. No, P9. <laughs> sneak it in where I can. Yeah. I, I'll right. be honest with you. You know, P9 is fantastic um, with, let's be honest, Malpay, who isn't that good. If they had a, not necessarily world class, but if they had a really good goal scorer there, Brighton could genuinely be pushing West Ham and Man United for that sixth and seventh spot. And that's unbelievable. And heading to Europe. No, not not a chance. Um Brighton have Brighton have done a little bit. If you if you compare it to last year, I mean I, I think they've done really well. Um I think they've taken advantage of a lot of inconsistency and a lot of kind of mid 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 table mediocrity, really. Um you look last year, I can compare it to Aston Villa. Aston Villa finished 11th last year with 55 points. Brighton finished 9th. And what did they get? 48? 49? I mean, there's a clear difference in in the, you know, the quality, you know, whether that means that everyone's beating each other a bit more and stuff like that. But, I mean, you have to say that to a certain extent they've taken... Because, I mean, they literally went through a stage. They... They were like fourth at one point, and then they went on a stage of they didn't win yeah. a game for like twelve games or something. Um, they're an inconsistent side a little bit. Um, but let me let me point yeah. this to you. Let me point this to you, Sai. Um, that uh, they finished with eleven losses. Only Chelsea, Liverpool, and City lost less games over the season. I mean, truly unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I think they've been always been hard to beat. They've always been a a side that is, uh, you know, well compact, well trained. I don't think necessarily player for player they have the talent that some of these other sides have. Yeah, you're right, but they they just play well. And I think Potter and we, we might talk. I'm sure we will talk about coach of the year and everything. But I think um, that he is he's got to be up there for one of the coaches of the year because. To do what he did with that side, and yes, they've spent more money this year than they've probably spent since they've come up. So yeah, in a nutshell with Brighton, I mean, I think they've been really, really good. As I said, they took advantage, I think, of a, of a bit of mid-table mediocrity amongst other teams. But, you know, they played well. They're you know good defensively. Um, can't score goals, as we've already discussed. But yeah, I mean, I don't see them having the war chest next year to build on this necessarily. And I think they might finish a, a few spots lower next year. Not relegation wise, but, you know, uh, we're talking bottom half of the table again, I'm afraid, for Brian. Yeah. 
So uh, part way through recording the show, it turns out we had some incredibly annoying uh, technical issues to do with internet connections because we all record remotely. If you didn't know, you do know now. We are not all in the same building. We're relying on good old fashioned Wi-Fi, which is really letting us down. Maybe this is why we record on Tuesdays. Who knows? Anyway, uh, Simon, let's move on. I want to hear from you um, and Ben can maybe do his stuff through Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> Who is your best coach uh, of the season? And I'm guided about this. First of all, um, my internet usually tends to be one among the worst of ours, and mine's probably the most consistent today. So maybe we, <laughs> I, I should like recording on a Wednesday. Um, I'm gutted that Ben's not here to hear me talk about this because um, the LMA Coach of the Year uh, was voted for this week um, and was given to Jurgen Klopp. And I am staggered by this. He didn't win the league. Yes, he won, you know, the Tim Pot Trophy, Carling Cup or Carabao Cup, and he won the FA Cup, but he didn't win the league. So you either got to give it to Pep or, in my opinion, give it to a manager who's done something that doesn't have uh, Salah, Mane, uh, Van Dijk and all the rest. Go give it to some of these guys who've had really good seasons. We talked about Graham Potter at Brighton. Finishing ninth with a team like Brighton has, you know, some of the performances they've played completely outclassing really good opposition on occasion not consistently obviously I mean that's in my opinion what a coach of the year is someone who's made do with the resources that aren't as lavish and extravagant as um as some of these other teams you know Conte I mean he's come in uh picked up from where Nuno kind of dropped the ball uh, and he guided Tottenham to fourth after a pretty horrendous losing streak in January as well and still managed to get them to fourth place and they were playing some really, really good football. So um, those are the sort of guys I think probably deserve it more than someone like Klopp just because they are, you know, um, doing it with less. And that's, that's yeah, I mean, how I, can, I roll with this. I, I mean, I, I can take that argument. I don't really have an opinion, of course, on this other than I'm pretty sure Ben would uh, absolutely have an opinion on this. But he's got no internet to tell us otherwise. So, Simon, you're right. Um, and Ben <laughs> will... Make his case through uh, the social media's mm. best attacking player you've got listed here. So um, Ben kind of stole my thunder. Hopefully, we have this recorded. Well, he hasn't. Because, he can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, earlier he did mention it, um, but as we said, we can't actually guarantee that he uh, uh, any of this is even remotely recorded. Oh my goodness! And he's back. Thank goodness. Um, let's just bring him in quickly because I want Ben to react to this. I have completely gone against Klopp as LMA Manager of the Year. I think it's ridiculous. <gasps> wow. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I think we've we've got to write Ben off. It's also just told me it's not re- not recording him. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh dear! All right, so we'll edit that bit out. So, yeah. sorry, best just attacking player. Um, so uh, I went for for Son as well from um from Spurs. Uh, ben talked about him in the top scorers in the league. Um, 
And yes, he, he and Salah drew, uh, you know, 23 apiece, but he didn't score any penalties. So all of his were goals from open play. And I just think he's had a quality year. I think Salah will probably be the other guy I'd say is, is, um, has done it consistently. But I just think Son has just been brilliant. And, you know, he's helped guide Spurs to that fourth place finish. And yes, I know Ben would probably lambast me for saying, oh, it's got to be a guy who plays for the top teams, the most successful, blah, blah, blah. But I just think Son has just had an amazing year. I think he's an absolutely terrific player. And, you know, he is my, you know, maybe under the radar top uh, attacking pick, from my opinion. All right, fair enough. All right, uh, one more award from you, Simon, because um, we want we're screeching towards the end here of our allotted time. Um, best young player of the year. So Who's got is, promise in the season? This this is another world? one I find a little bit farcical. So um, Phil Foden won it this year uh, for the second year in a row, um, and for me, young player has to be up and coming player. Phil Foden's not up and coming. He won Young Player of the Year last year. I think he was, um, y- you know, a candidate for Premier League Player of the Year over the last couple of years as well. I just find it a little bit weird that you can have such established players, you know, being being nominated for these awards. Um, I think if you look at a player like Jacob Ramsey, Aston Villa, he's 20 years old. He's broke through this year, smashed in some absolute scorchers. It's not Phil Foden. Phil Foden's been part of that Man City team for good two and a half years, three years now. I just find it very weird. So, yeah, the candidates they had for Young Player of the Year were Ramsdale from Arsenal, who's 23 years old. Is that really young in the scheme of things? Uh, You had Trent Alexander-Arnold. I just, yeah, I just think a lot of these awards that are voted for from the PFA and everyone else are just nonsense because you're just picking the wrong criteria. And um, yeah, you know, you have players voted for as young player of the year and player uh, uh, PFA player of the year. And I just find it very strange. So pick it off the top of my head. It's someone like Mark Gay. Uh, I can't pronounce his surname. He, um, he just joined from Chelsea. Is it Gahey? Um Came in, uh, you know, really solidified that Crystal Palace back line, just made the England side. I mean, that's a player who's broke through and, in my you know, opinion, qualifies as a young player. Not someone who's been part of the first team for years and, and not really just made it through this year. So I think someone like that is a much, much, much uh, more deserving name than someone like Phil Foden. You're saying that's like Apple winning Startup of the Year award or something? <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's like... Yeah, you know, it's just it just gets a bit silly when you're getting guys who have been around for a year. But like if Lewis Hamilton, when he first came in and he was quite challenging um, for, you know, pretty much, not off the bat, I know he obviously took a tiny bit of time to get ready, but, you know, he was pretty good from a starting position and, and you know, starting to be, you know, it'd be like him in year two or three being voted as like young driver of the year when yeah. he's won a championship. Yeah. It's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I just find it a bit weird. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's let's bring this this to an end, much like the season did at the weekend. And and Simon's going to give us a little. So we've been talking very much about real life football, and very mm. shortly, Simon's going to give us a bit of an insight to what's been going on in the Fantasyland Premier League. Yeah. Um, and we're going to uh, sort of look ahead to next year as well, because Simon, this year, as you and Ben talked about at the top of the show, had it all on the last day of the season. It had relegation battles and it had title battles um, that went down to almost the final minutes. Um, 
with that in mind, what are your bold predictions for 22-23? Who, apart from Villa and Liverpool, are we going to keep our eyes on? Who should we keep our eyes on? Uh, and what's, what's your big prediction uh, for next season? So here's my big prediction. So we haven't even talked, and I, I think this has kind of unfortunately been due to all the technical problems we have, and I've been able to, you know, have a chat with Ben about it. But, um, you know, we haven't even talked about the the championship playoff that's going to happen uh, on Saturday, I believe. It'll be uh, Notts Forest versus Huddersfield. Huddersfield being uh, possibly back to the Premier League for the first time in like three, two, three years, three years, I think it is. Um, whereas Notts Forest haven't been up since 1999. So I'm really hoping as a traditionalist for a big team like Notts Forest to go back up. And I think it'll be awesome. Going on to my big predictions. Um, one of them being, because it would be um, obviously the winner of that game, it would be Bournemouth who finished second and Fulham who finished first. I think, given the quality of those sides who are going up and you know some of the mediocrity of Leeds, Brentford, potentially, um, Southampton have been pretty bad. I genuinely think we might have a situation where only one of the releg- uh, promoted sides uh, gets relegated next year. And I think that would probably be Notts Forest because I think they are a class below. Uh, or, or Huddersfield, obviously, depends on who goes up. But I think we could see a couple of established Premier League teams going down next year. So that is my... I mean, it's not super bold, but I think it is something that I could see being realistic. So that's kind of where I want to go with that. Um, as to bold predictions for sides who are going to be better next year, obviously the, the most obvious one, one of them obviously being Villa, but I think the most obvious one being Newcastle. I think Newcastle, um, they're going to have absolute millions to spend, we believe or we're led to believe from uh, their new Saudi Arabian owners. I think they are going to open the war chest and they are going to absolutely, you know, just pick some absolute quality players because players will go there. I don't think they'll get the creme de la creme, obviously, but I think they will get some really, really good players. So they are, you know, the, the quite obvious. It's not as a, not a bold prediction at all, but you know, the most likely team to take a step forward next year because they just have so much money. And as long as they don't balls it up on recruitment, I think that's the most yeah, likely opportunity. Newcastle spending lots of money isn't going to be the hottest take of the year, is it? Not really. <laughs> it's no. what they do with it that will be interesting. No. All right, Simon. Um, all right, let's wrap up uh, this yeah. season with the fantasy world then. Tell us how where we ended. I mean, give me the good news uh, around the fantasy Premier League uh, for the Wednesday pod league. So, um, should we start at the bottom? Let's start at the bottom. So, um, Dan, you didn't finish bottom, me old fella. I mean, Despite the fact was... I don't think you changed your side for the entirety of the year. I did not. Um, I had faith in them. I had faith. Yeah, you did. You kept the same level. Consistency. You were going with the consistency. Yeah. Um, so, Adeyemi, I'm afraid your team, Premium FC, finished 11th. Ned, with Come But Don't Tell Her, which is a very classy name, um, finished in 10th. Dan, Dan Wednesday Pod, by far the worst name ever for a fantasy football team, uh, finished in 9th. Um, That's Mo- respectable. Yes, no, yeah, it is respectable. Um, Alison, my aim is true. Uh, Rob, you finished in 8th. Uh, the winning one with our with friend of the show James finished in seventh. Um, lucky your leads, your newly found love for leads didn't get them relegated. Um, we had click click boom with James, another James in sixth. Um, you had me sadly in fifth. Um, you had 
a young Ben finishing in fourth after having a really, really bad last few weeks. I thought I was going to catch him, but I didn't. I finished 32 points behind him. You had Obi one Kenobi nil with Liam in third. Uh, Rail Social Dads uh, with Stephen in second. And the winner is Joe with Sars of the Lid with a very, very respectable 2,331 points. So they are the winner of the the first, um, probably first of many uh, Wednesday pod uh, fantasy football leagues. There you go. And we'll definitely run that again and, and get a few more people in. Uh, maybe we'll get some kind of legit prizes going next time because I think, pretty sure we made some up. Yeah. Um, but this year you'll get our eternal admiration. Uh, shout out on the show. Un- unlimited shout outs on the show. Whenever you want to shout out, just get in touch. We'll shout out. Mm. Um, and um, But thank you for joining us and playing along. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I did nothing since day one. And I still finished in fifth. And Ben did all right. Uh, Well, that brings us to the end of this show. Uh, Along with the end of the Premier League, we will be talking about football again because football doesn't really end. There's lots of other leagues and championships and cups and tournaments and things going on. Simon? Yeah, so um, just sorry to interrupt as well, but also um, I'm sure Ben and I will have a little bit more discussion next week because we really didn't get it to get into the nitty gritty and to have a big argument about certain things as well. Ben also just messaged me to say that he is going to put up um, some of his awards, his riposte to my slandering of Jurgen Klopp on um, on Twitter tomorrow. So please, uh, if you're listening, um, yeah, then please check that out because I'm sure he wants to get a lot off his chest. He's probably very, very upset with his internet quality as well. So um, hopefully next week we get up back up to a normal standard of internet and we can all uh, converse for a, a bit of a longer time without, uh, well, for a start, I think Dan's probably going to have breakdown in tears later when he has to listen through back to all of this. Yeah, and, and also, I, I don't know what it is about tonight. Literally nothing is going right. My dog is literally about to start barking at me as well for some reason. <laughs> she's She's got a whiff of something. Um, anyway, uh, let's end it there. I, I think all that's left to say, Simon, is uh, we will be back for the next last Wednesday of the week, where we will be bringing you more of our multi-sports. Uh, we'll be we'll lose the one-track mind. We'll bring Simon back out of the, uh, the doggy park. We'll put him back on his leash, and we'll bring in a full range of sports for you all again. So thank you so much for bearing with us over the last few weeks. Well, various uh, of us, various of us, have been in and out, and also with today's show, with mm. the insane technical problems, I, I don't know yet if the edit will make sense, but I hope it mm-hmm. does. Um, but yeah, all that's left to say is I've been Dan, and I've been Simon, and Ben was here at the beginning. We had everybody back at the beginning of the show, and then it all fell apart again. Yeah. Uh, until next week on the last Wednesday of the week, be kind. Bye bye. Giraffe.